We were talking about cats before this <laughs> for mm -hmm. a very brief moment in time. Because we like cats. This is the closest of running the intro by you I'm probably ever going to get. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. The amount of times I've ran the intro by Sardo, uh, zero. None. This is episode five. Five, <laughs> five out of five times I've never run the intro. Anyway, folks, welcome to the we Skeleton. We like surprises here. Yes, we do like surprises here. But welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. I am your host, Almighty Strauss, or just Strauss. I'm, of course, here always with the Uncle Death, the Sardo, the person who does all the art for the podcast. Howdy, y'all. How you doing today? Doing pretty good, you know? Uh, not not too shabby. That's How today. are you doing? I'm all right. You know, nothing fancy. I just, uh, I made some curry today. I tried some, uh, my chili oil that I got. It's very tingly. It's very Ooh. tasty. Worked well in the Love curry. The curry. Worked well in the curry. Not so much by itself, which is probably not that shocking. A chili oil is meant Fair to enough. on things. And as, <laughs> you know, it's a garnish and a sauce, not a uh, thing you drink straight out of the cup. It's not? Well, you, sh you you could. But News not, to me. <laughs> now I just imagine you just sit around drinking chili oil like a weirdo. <laughs> that 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 probably would be something I would do. But uh, yeah, we we got some uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. I think. And, and any fun stories before we do that, though? It's okay if you don't. Obviously. Uh, this, this not a lot unsurprising uh the turnaround time on these episodes uh, are uh on these two episodes is very short <laughs> yes hard, hard um, to get a new story in three days <laughs> i did um I, i'm very close to finishing my jacket though um i would call it a battle jacket but i don't battle ever i just sit at home so but it's it's coming along very nicely it's covered in patches now i found a team rocket patch today at one of my local thrift stores and i am very excited about that so well, yeah the only important thing that happened to us in the, in the past like three days since we recorded the last episode was uh what happened last night on stream which if you check it out on the vod you can learn the insanity that we put ourselves through you should you should watch the vods anyway because i i think they're good i think we do a good job I, the only downside is i can't clip that bit because i think it goes on for too long <laughs> twitch only gives you like 60 seconds so ah uh, brutal i mean the thing is most of the time when something happens it is only about 60 seconds but that this, one. This was different, though. Yeah, this was this was full breakdown for both of us, <laughs> live on broadcast. It was great. <laughs> but we're uh, covering a couple of topics today. Um, we we've, we've got another one that it's kind of a mishmash of ideas. So, yeah. Strasa, do you want do you want to kind of let us know what we're talking about first? Absolutely. So today we decided uh, off of our big old sheet, which hasn't really grown too much in the interim. It's grown by a little bit. I think we've added like four new things. Mm -hmm. I now remember how to do the strike through on Google Docs <laughs> as a keyboard command. But we're well talking done. about first things first. What 
is a good video game romance anyways. Because <sighs> Sardo and I are a purveyor of single-player games. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, a tendency romance to happen. Because we're both... I would say lonely, but I'm literally married. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies, I'm taken. At least legally speaking. I'm not particularly lonely. I just, I, I like seeing fictional characters kiss. <laughs> you like taking the two dolls and mashing them together going, yes. I do. It, it is, it is my favorite activity. <laughs> I thought it was looking at graham crackers. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I, I know you said something else, but I can't remember what you said last time because it was like three days. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite activities. <laughs> I, I want, if, if we ever make it as big deal podcasters, I want the compilation of Sardo's favorite activities. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very easily entertained. <laughs> Fair. But yes, we, we are talking about the wonderful world of romance in video games. And, and Strauss, so let's, let's get some definitions in order here. Because I, I'm a former speech and debate kid, and I, I love a good definition for the context of what we're working with. So when we say, like, romance in video games, does that just mean, like, relationships in any game? Are we talking about dating sims? What what are we going for here? Well, I, it depends, as you said, because clarification should be required. I say in general, because, like, there is a difference between a dating sim... An RPG which with a romance element, or there's a romance in the story. Okay, thank God, because I I play like very few dating sims. Me so. neither. I I I fully admit that visual novels is like this one massive blind spot for me. Like the visual novel it's... and dating sim genre are like the one thing, more so the visual novel ones than like. The straight up dating sim ones, because those are those are slightly different, as you know. Yeah. But it's a blind yeah. spot because I find visual novels to be kind of boring. At least. Yeah, just it's never been my cup of tea. Which is interesting because, like, you're probably like me, and you know, like, fifty people who will tell you what the best visual novel is, and will all be different oh, yes. answers. Like, <laughs> and it's just like. I don't like him. My favorite actual visual novel that I played it could be beaten in like five minutes. <laughs> and which one is that? Uh, let me look up the title. I actually, it, it's free off Steam. Hmm. Is it? Uh, what is it called? That is a fantastic question. It's very cute though. Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to have this on hand. <laughs> Oh no, we're panicking. And I, I think part of the reason why, like, I never really clicked with the visual novels is because, um, one of the only visual novels I ever really picked up was, um, in high school. It was that, uh, the the fucking uh, Nitro Plus one, um, with with all the dudes. Um, That's not helpful. You know it. I I know I know it's the it was the the twink with the blue hair. Oh, uh, um, oh, and it's and, super gay, and one of them's a dog. Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. Uh, dramatically murdered. Um, yes, yes, that's the uh, one. That, that's that, that's that, the bitch. That's it. 
quite and it just it it was just one of those where it's like it wasn't i wouldn't call it bad it was just like huh okay and then i just never played them again <laughs> yeah another one i'm talking about is one night hot spring to, okay uh, to get the point i got all the endings and i played it for 107 minutes it's uh, it's about a trans lady who who lives in Japan and wants, whose friend's birthday is being held at a hot spring, and all that oh. entails. It has like well, two that sequels. <laughs> I played all. That of them. sounds like a very nice game. They're they're all very cute. I will uh, yeah, look it up. You can look it up real quick while I uh, continue on with our main point. But yeah, it's like. The problem with discussing, like, dating sims and visual novels is that we're not experts, so we're sorry. If you're like, but this visual novel does what you guys want, we haven't played it. You can it's recommend just, it to it's, us. It has just not, not been something in our wheelhouse, but, but feel free to send recommendations. Yeah. Because just because something isn't my thing right now doesn't mean I can't give it a try. It doesn't mean I won't like it. It just means I'll highly unlikely to finish it. Right. So we're, we're just talking about, like, video game romances in general, and that, that brings to mind a couple of things. Yeah. But I, I guess if we're talking about, like, okay, what's your favorite to start out with? Just, just favorite all time. G give me, give me your, your 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, no. That's, no. No, that's a terrible question to ask me. Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this? Okay, pick one. Pick yeah, one you really uh, like. I'm, I'm going to pick one that I remember very well because I don't know how I got it when I was a small child. I don't mm -hmm. know. I've never played KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. I have not. I I have not played it. Um, I, I have kind of a passing knowledge of it. Well, okay. So when I played it originally as a kid and I was like 10, so I didn't understand how the game worked. Mm -hmm. But somehow I still managed to romance Bachelor without really kind of knowing what I was doing. <laughs> so, if anything, I know I can, I know how to not screw this stuff up, apparently. Well, that's good. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think really what, when we're talking about video game romances, we're usually talking RPGs. Nine times out of ten. Yes. Because I, I do think we need to know that there's a difference between, because usually with games, you most games you don't get a romance element in a lot of games yeah it's i mean it it, it depends on the game but it's not super common like i remember how romance worked in the fable games you just give people enough stuff and do a bunch of goofy dances in front of them until eventually they're like yes let's get married i'm some I mean, british lady <laughs> Is, isn't that how you get a spouse? Isn't that how that works in, in real life? In a lot life? of games, surprisingly, you know what, in a sense, kind of, yeah. That's just how life works, Strauss. Yeah, just do a goofy, bunch of goofy stuff in front of a person, give them a ring, and eventually you move into a house, and then you uh, become a landlord, because that's the easiest way to make money in the Fable games. <sighs> and then, in Fable 3, all of your housing gets destroyed because, oops, there was a monster invasion. <laughs> Fable 3 said, fuck landlords. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think what we're really discussing isn't so much 
what is a romance in the video games because usually it's anything where you get to make a character or play as a character yes and usually that's the domain of the rpg and there's many... uh, Stardew Valley yeah. is one of the more recent examples. Yeah, Stardew Good Valley. Good for that stuff. Yeah, no, Stardew Valley Val- Valley is one. Uh, you have, like, the Persona games let you romance numerous of the girl characters because Machino doesn't like giving me good things. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have Bioware's characters. Okay. I'm going to say something. Go ahead. And, I might be also um, say, about to say it, too. So I want to hear what it is. I'm I'm going to have a take. Um, I'm, this, this is going to be my first problematic moment on the podcast here. Yay. Some people might get angry. I... I never really got the appeal of Garrus. I am... A bit surprised by that. Interesting. I, I just I don't know. I mean, he's fine. He's 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 terrific. He's a nice character. I just I I did not go crazy for him the the way that that other people I I know have and and, and that's that's fine. That's fine. But oh, I yeah, just no, it's fine. I'm just surprised because a broody cockroach monster. He's not a cockroach monster. That's mean. <laughs> That's mean of me. Bug-like. He is insectoid. <laughs> yeah, he is insectoid, but he's not a cockroach. He's a bug man. <laughs> he's kind of a bug man. Not really, though. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird but, cross uh, between a, like, a grasshopper and, like, a lizard. Yeah, basically. I mean, Hot, and, hotter than we're making it sound. Like, I can... Oh, I, I think it sounds plenty hot on its own. Yeah. But I, I think, you know... I just never, I never quite got it. You never and, liked and his maybe... skinny little legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, that's my controversial take. Well, that's, um, I don't think, I mean, not everyone was into him. I always picked Tally, but. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Tally was, hmm. Mm. If I could whistle, I would. I can whistle. Show off. I can also inwardly whistle. Oh, double show off. I will sometime later. <laughs> but yeah, I think really, really what we're saying is when it comes to video games, romance is really only held in like two, like three genres. The dating sim, which is... Duh. It's, it's what it says. It, it's on the name. If it's not there, there's a problem. Unless you're talking about dating fake things as in putting dates to them. <laughs> Where's my dating simulator, guys? Fascinating. Where I work in a museum and get annoyed at everybody else, telling them to leave me alone. <laughs> you know, you say that, but I'm sure that plenty of people would like that game. Oh, hey, we're in an era where that game could make $1,500. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And so... So there's... there's... The dating sim, yeah, just as it is. There's the visual there's... novel, which there's mm-hmm. a lot of them. And a lot of them... Now, I don't want to stereotype the visual novel because that's unfair, but a lot of them have romances in it because, well, you need some form of incentive. 
I, it's it's a fairly common thing for for visual novels to also have romance. Not not everyone does, but a lot of them do. A, a, a very large amount of them probably do. Mm-hmm. Once again, not our area of ex- expertise. And then, and you get you get your RPGs with a little bit of your visual novel elements in them. Uh, your your personas. Yeah. Persona, I mean, Persona also has a bit of a visual novel background, lots of text. But I think the difference between something like a visual novel versus, say, an RPG where you get to romance a character is that you have something else to do and hang out with the characters in a non-romantic setting. Right. Not always fun hangout, but, you know, there's, there's more there. But I think... Okay, Sardo, I'm going to ask the same question you asked me. What is, like, your, like, go-to, this is the game where I do all the romancing in as a video game? What is your most um, video cycle of choice? For, for like, games where, like, romance is, like, a big part of it? Mm-hmm. Or at least oh, I mean, in your enjoyment of it. I mean, I would say probably my my first pick would probably be Stardew Valley. I'll be a little bit basic here. Um, I love Stardew Valley. Elliot was always my first choice. I usually pick him. Fair. I I don't. The only person I don't play Stardew Valley because I know if I do, it's uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, I don't play it often because on the rare occasions when I do, I'm not really doing much else for the rest of the day. <laughs> the one person I know who does is my older sister. Mm-hmm. And it, it, every so every time I stream from the Switch, it's like, hi, Lisa. Because <laughs> we're friends on the Switch. Nice. But yeah, I would say... Because I think we should really, what we're differentiating really here is there's a difference between romance in a story versus this is a choice that I made while playing the game. I think that's an important distinction because I actually prefer, like, I, I, I more prefer, like, the games where, like, you get to see the relationship between two characters play out that, like, you're, you are not one of the player characters involved in that. I don't know. (laughs) That's totally fair. I mean, it depends. Like, there some games have terrible romances, or because the mechanics are undescribed or weird. Uh, Do you know the story behind uh, Dragon's Dogma's romance issues? No. Tell me about it. Okay, for those of you who have not played uh, 2012's Dragon's Dogma, underrated if flawed RPG from the cat from Capcom absolutely silly game with some really cool aspects of it, but there's a romance mechanic in the game that if you don't know about it has led to some rather amusing moments because it's okay. Because it's completely hidden and it's never told to you. This isn't like, Oh, I hung out with a character a bunch of times and they started to like me like, you know, in, like, Persona, you hang out with people, and then, depending on certain word choices you make, they either, like, it becomes a relationship or it becomes this friendship. Right. Which is kind of how that normally works. Like, you say, hey, I like you, like you, and you're like, oh, we should try dating. And then it fails or not, depending on your choices later on in life. 
<laughs> or it's like, here's the affection meter. I'm gonna give you your favorite gift, and it's gonna go up like five points. It was hidden, so a lot of people got like one of the in-game merchants because they would just buy and sell shit from this one guy. <laughs> the entire time so you have this like one like potato man <laughs> unless you did like the side quest with the with like the queen where it's like whoops you're cocking somebody <laughs> i See, got the I queen had... by the way i want that to be made abundantly clear if i knew i had an option i would have gone with the obviously meant to be Costco from berserk but french <laughs> Ooh, that is nice. Yeah. I have taste, thank you. Not that the queen was You bad, do. But it was just, if I knew there was options, I would have put a bit more effort into it. <laughs> that That's good, though. I had no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was just because it was never explained when the game was coming out, like, that that was even a thing that could happen. So mm -hmm. when it, like, reveals that as a thing that totally happens, everyone's like, the dragon's like, this is your beloved, and I have captured them. Like, no, that's just Tim. I just buy and sell shit from Tim all the time. We talk. I sold him my armor. <laughs> I sold him my old shit that I don't use anymore. <laughs> I'm s sorry, Tim. Do you like me that way? It's like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm scared. I'll, I'll, don't worry, Tim. I'm going to save you, but that's because you're my favorite merchant. Thanks, man. I'll see you tomorrow buying the same new arms and armor. <laughs> but, like, that's what we mean when something is bad. The mechanics make no sense. You're just like, okay, this is... Apparently, I'm romancing this person now. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think that's the big key for what makes a good video game romance, is intimacy with an intimate knowledge of a character. Yeah. Like, you, you feel like you're really building a relationship with them there. Like, I don't necessarily like how Bioware does it, where it's like you just give them things until they like you enough. But at least, mm -hmm. like, uh, the affection meter in those games makes sense. It, it works. It works in the sense that, like, yeah, th th this person will get m mad at you if you say... say you know, slavery might be a good thing, and they're a runaway slave. That is a thing you could do in Dragon Age 2, and that's still so funny. It's Oof. Like, well, you're, it's it's weird. Dra My problem with the Bioware romances is that, while some of them are actually pretty good, a lot of them are built around the game's mechanics being very number-based. Yeah. And I think that's also part of it. It's like... There's really two ways to do a romance in a game. That is, A, you, like, give them things until you raise the affection meter. Mm hmm Or it's a dialogue choice that it, if you, like, hit enough flags. Which one do you think is better? Or I tend preferred? to opt for the second one a little bit more. I mean, I, I think that it's... The dialogue, at least, it's, you know, that you have kind of some idea of, like, you know, what the character is like and how they would respond to stuff. And yes, sometimes it's a bit of a guessing game, but I don't, I don't like the go, go get them item, give them item. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the problem I have with sort of the affection meter is that it's just sort of like, 
it kind of takes knowing the character out of the equation. Exactly. Because like the key, the key is if I want to romance a character, I have to like him first, or at least find them visually appealing. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how well written this game, that this hypothetical <laughs> game is. If it's not well, well written, then we're we're in a bit of a different problem. You you need to care about them. Yeah. Like I didn't like I didn't pick this character because I thought this character was just there i picked this character because i wanted to right there needs to be a level of choice yeah because i mean why else would you be choosing to romance them if you didn't like them choose them yeah and that's why i prefer sort of like on one hand the like flag system i guess is what we're gonna call it Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's there's a better name for it and an actual name for it, but I don't know it because I am. That eh, works. I'm I'm not a master of game design, which is why I only talk about games and not make them. Same here. <laughs> but like for example, like it's I I much rather pick like a dialogue option. That's like romantic and be like i've learned what you like or at least i looked at a walkthrough to make sure i picked it right exactly well that's but that's the downside is that second half of that statement then you're stuck in like the walkthrough problem of like i want to romance this character so instead of learning what this character might like i'm looking up a walkthrough now sometimes you need it because the flags are esoteric and weird Mm-hmm. I have a good example of that. There's a, I, you haven't played Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, but I definitely have. You will see it soon. I will. Because I plan to stream it. And you want to do some voicing for that because, well. Yes, I do. That That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but in it, like, the character I romanced, I had to, like, you had to, like, camp in specific spots in specific areas to get after certain events to get dialogue options. Oh. And they're easy to miss if you don't know to do it because there's no prompting for it. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. And, like, I I get it. Like, how do you do this and do it well? Because there's sort of... There's two halves of, of this discussion. Mm-hmm. Half one is the writing, obviously. And you and I can both agree that if it's not a well-written thing, then it's not fun, even if it's a character that we like. Yeah. Like, no one goes like, man, I like this character, but the romance path sucks. Therefore, I do it every single time. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one ever. On the other end of the spectrum, there's the mechanic side of it, which is like, how do you make it work so that people actually do it? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's tough because it's like, I don't know, it's hard to balance. It is a fine balance to strike. Indeed it is. Like, for example, like one of my favorite examples of like, okay, this character, like sometimes the flag is very simple. Like you've watched me play Persona 4 and it's just for most of the characters is say yes or no. Sometimes do hilarious results. 
Yeah. <laughs> My personal favorite is like, do you want to hug Rise because she's having a moment, or are you just gonna stand there awkwardly <laughs> next to her? <laughs> menacingly not even menacingly you're just standing there it's like uh can i hug her platonically or not the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure why i'm doing a visual gag on an audio only podcast (laughs) it's the thought that counts yes this note i was staring at the camera like hmm menacingly menacingly but yeah, that that's sort of the thing. Like, how do you do you do it? Do you, I, I guess my follow up question when it comes to the flag idea, like how many flags do you think a, depending on the game, obviously, should like a game have for a romance? Well, I think that it really depends on the pacing. Like, I think the important thing about you know the flag kind of stuff is that. You want to feel like you've maybe accomplished something with the interaction each time it happens. So I would say, like, you know, keep it relatively spaced out for whatever else you're doing with the game. But, like, make make each one feel like it counts. And this is probably, like, really simple, like, and when he runs, he goes faster kind of, like, advice. But... (laughs) (laughs) You know, John Madden on Dating Sims. (laughs) John Madden says, if you throw this football at them, they'll like you more. <laughs> but that's that's my view of things. It's just like, as long as the interactions feel, like, important, it feels like something's been achieved there, then it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, to me, I think it really depends, like, because... I think the whole point of the flag system is did you act did you raise enough flags or put in enough stuff that says this character's gonna like you now? Yeah. And it's always tricky because it's always hard to tell what's the right answer. But mm-hmm. I think for us, we're of the opinion that what leads us to getting to know a character better. And a lot of that's down to writing. Mm-hmm. And that's all over the place, so we're not going to go into that. Or are we? Yeah, that might be a conversation for another episode. <laughs> Our favorite video game romances. Coming soon, maybe. But do you have any ones that you want to shout out before we uh, transition a little in the topics? Oh, um, I'd say... And, and I would say that they're my favorite heterosexuals, but I know that neither of them are heterosexuals, so I don't have to preface this with that. Um, Nobunaga and Nohime, notably from the Samurai Warriors franchise. No, uh, um, prior to five. I'm going to say this for you now. Five, be- doesn't, five doesn't count. Five doesn't count. <laughs> we do not talk about five. This will be discussed later. <laughs> It, everything it in every game except for five i love their relationship they are i i just i love i i love them because they're so fucked up <laughs> I, I can't put it any simpler than that just i i love this scary lady and her scary husband they they clearly have feelings for each other even though she also wants to murder him but it's it's in like a, a romantic way and not an i hate my spouse kind of way 
So Remember, it's everyone, cool. Sardo things trying to murder your spouse can be romantic. I do. I do. <laughs> Zero irony there. Let's see. Do I have one that I want to shout out? Uh, hmm. 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 It's it's a tough choice to be fair. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my list of games see if I can remember anything. You know, bringing it back to One Night Hot Spring, there is one that develops that you can start in in the first game that gets into the third one, and it's so funny. By the third, it's like you two are dating. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You've been dating for like two months. <laughs> I I need to check that out. Yeah, no, they're cute. You 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 like them. Yeah. But we move. <laughs> Technically, I could pick Mai and Andy. <laughs> They're, they are officially canonically dating in one timeline. That counts. She, I, that counts. She finally got her ban after... Uh, when did the Fires 14 get released? <laughs> Hold on. Mai first appeared in 1992. When was King of Fires 14? I think it was... Not King of Freight? What the hell's the King of Freight? I, I, I wasn't informed that there's a King of Freight now. Uh, it took her 24 years. Real time. Well, I'm very, I'm very proud of her. Good for them. I'm happy for them. Yeah. But moving forward, uh, this does lead into our second half. I, I believe I'll let you take the wheel on this one. Speaking of, sometimes it's okay to want to murder the people you love. Um, Yakuza. <laughs> uh, it, no, notably the uh, the game series um, Ryuga Gotoku uh, Like a Dragon, uh, known colloquially as Yakuza. Um, not so. not the actual, just Japanese organized <laughs> yeah, criminal. I'm like, you just let in with Yakuza. I'm like... I know what you're talking about, but that's going to be funny for people I, who have no idea. It, it took me a minute to realize that sometimes people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So, <laughs> Hi, I'm going to just say a thing and hope everyone knows what I mean when I say it. Crime. Crime. Looking expectantly at the audience. Speaking of great video game romances that don't work because it doesn't succeed as a romance but when you date papyrus in undertale yes best best date i've ever been on he's he's such a good boy i love papyrus <laughs> and and the crime meter see <laughs> i i told you we could tie this in i said yes. as i said to you absolutely no one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um We've we've been uh kind of going back a little bit to uh Yakuza lately with the release of uh Like a Dragon Ishin, the latest game set in the oh which period was it again? It's Bakumatsu. Bakumatsu. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it, we get back into that, and I felt I feel like. Speaking of bad romances between characters that do not seem to have chemistry, or they do have chemistry, but it's weird. Kiryu only had chemistry with one other woman in this entire series, and then she had never appeared again. But you know what? I think it's a good thing she never appeared again, because if she appeared again, they would have killed her off. <laughs> because that's, 
That's how it rolls with these games, unfortunately. If you if you're around long enough and your name's not Machima, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> and and if you're a woman like that, that chance goes up like eighty <laughs> percent. Which is so um, much funnier when you know that this is a series that is beloved by women around the globe. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> the ladies love Yakuza. They do. We need to mention when we say love it, 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 the dev teams have stated... Multiple people have said this. Like, not just the director, like everybody said. Like, yeah, when we made this, we thought it was going to be very popular with guys. And uh, our audience ended up being mostly women. And like large muscular men from france <laughs> that's a real statement by the way like right down to the men from for the large yes. French bodybuilders <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's so funny to me because i'm i'm thinking about you know because we on here we just we just mentioned we we're just going to talk about yakuza a little bit in general so this is just kind of a general dipping into what what the series is and my very first memory is uh a few years back a good friend of mine was like hey um yakuza zero just came out it's a really good game have you played it before and i'm like no it looks kind of like grand theft auto or something and then i played it and i'm like oh i was so wrong <laughs> i think the problem is it we're very used to like it looking like gta on the surface but once you play it you realize that it's not <laughs> oh it's, it's not <laughs> if if anybody here has has not um played any of the games yet is unfamiliar with the series first of all um you should give it a try mm -hmm. uh it's it's not a perfect series by a long shot but it is an inimitable experience there is nothing else like it there really is no other series quite like the yakuza franchise there is no series where in the same game you play with slot cars run a cabaret club run of a real estate empire help a dominatrix be better at her job and deliver a pizza. And only some it's, of that is with two is most of that is with one character. Pizza delivery is very hard. <laughs> I've seen you try. Oh Lord. I, I failed that, that mission three times, three times. Um, and <laughs> It was so upsetting. Hilarious, though. But maybe for you. Very much for me. The, but... the worst of it was when you went the wrong direction. I was like, no, go left. No. I, I was very frazzled. I was very stressed out. I was not thinking clearly. But I, I think this is really leading to sort of the ultimate point about the Oxford franchise is that Behind all these serious crime drama aspects, there's uh, the phrase, Yakuza is, is, is a serious crime drama while absolute chicanery is happening on screen. I, like, I, I'm trying to think of like the, the most absurd thing I've encountered in one of the games, and I can't even think of one thing specifically to nail down, because it's like, well, no, that was more ridiculous. Yes, but... 
Um, I got a good one, and it's one of my favorite <clears> tweets <throat> about the series, and that is the one where hear you after running into a bunch of guys practicing infantilism. His yep. face towards the camera, <laughs> looking so done with this, but it's like, all right, I've already seen some shit, man. This is, this, uh, He looks so sad. <laughs> so you know, I really want to fun- fight a bunch of grown men wearing diapers, and the answer he knows in the back of his head is, yeah, I am. You're, you're gonna fight the adult babies. <laughs> And that is what it's like being Kazuma Kiryu, the series up until recently main protagonist, sort of. He, he was our guy. He's getting a little old now. I think that's also another thing we should mention. Yakuza is not the domain of young men. No. All these characters are in their 40s and 50s, and you just kind of have to roll with it. This is a game full of violent senior citizens. <laughs> the most violent senior citizens. This... <laughs> And, okay, Kiryu's great and all, but can we talk about the real legend? Like, I don't care about Kiryu, I don't care about Majima, that's a lie on both counts, I care about them both very much. Um, <laughs> I can assure you, I know you care extremely large amounts. But, the one we don't talk about, I mean, when I say we, I mean, I feel like people don't talk about him enough. Daisaku Kuze. The, the man, the myth, the legend. The man who fought a monkey. And, and Kuze's actor um, is, like, also just, like... Because a, a lot of the voice actors for characters in this game are, like, just also, like, regular actors with regular acting jobs. Who do normal and acting things. <laughs> they're just normal men. No, they're not. <laughs> None of these men are normal. They appear in this series. But um, if, if you play wrestles. any... <laughs> If you play any of the Yakugusa games, play Zero and play it for Kuze. Like, yeah, whatever, young Majima, Kuze. We're not saying because he's hot. We're saying because weird shit happens when he starts getting on screen. And that's the thing about the Yakuza series is just... Craziness will happen. Yes. Let's run down a list of things that definitely happen in a Yakuza game that sounds like we're making it up. Number one, the Yakuza's plot is stopped because of a small plot of land in the middle of middle of town that is about the size of, like, the room I'm in right now. It's, it's tiny. It's very small. Number two, uh, Kiryu buys a statue of himself that's made of solid gold and worth about the same amount of money that is stolen out of the vault in Yakuza, in the original Yakuza game, because of the bubble. You, um, in Zero, you twice have to fight a man who, um, his, his whole thing basically is how much of a chub he gets for fighting you. The words blood chub are used at a point in that game. With with nary a shred of irony. Let's see. Number two. Um, there is a golden castle inside of an actual castle. <laughs> Let's see. Um, um, the three. S- 
Go, go, go for it. Um, you can hire a chicken to be your real estate agent after you win it in a game of bowling when you were supposed to get a turkey dinner, but they give you a live chicken instead. Her name is Nugget. And she's the first of two chickens <laughs> where this happens. Um, let's see. I, I'm mostly just using stuff from the main plot, by the way. All the ones I've said are stuff that's like main plot. So if you're wondering, is Yakuza a bit insane? You fucking know it. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason why we ended up really liking it. And now that I think about it, it's just like utter absurdity will happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Strauss, because I, I talk a lot about Yakuza, but yeah. I, I, yes, I do. And I haven't really heard your takes on it as much. So, like, I don't know. What's... What is your general, like, feelings about the game overall? Just the series. Like, well, what, I, what's your Well, thing? I can't say it is my favorite, which is fair. That's all I, right. I always appreciate Yakuza being just what it is. Like, this incredibly serious drama that is broken up by just utter bullshit. Like, there's no series that just lets me have a serious crime drama, and then in between, I have to, like, walk somebody's dog. And shit just gets weird. Or that there's some chimpanzee operating a crane. That's And his that name happens. is Goro Majima. No, I'm talking about the actual chimpanzee in 7. I know. I know. And then there's Goro Majima, who will... <laughs> One thing he does in the first game gets referenced like every other game. <laughs> he never gets to live it down. And it's like, it's so funny because it's only one of the many absurd things he does. Goromaj the character of Goromajima, the mad dog of the Shimano, has done many a wild things. And yet, for some reason, it's the time he drove a jump truck into a brothel. <laughs> It's a pink dump truck, Strauss. The very important note. It was a pink dump truck. <laughs> Where he got it, nobody knows. I he know, has his sources. I, I know it's because it's pink, but like, this, they never really bring up the pink part. They just kind of bring up the actual action itself. The, the pink part is very important to me. I don't know why. It just adds to it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Uh, to me, I like it a lot because it is one of the few series with where it is takes itself 100% seriously, but breaks it up with the most absurd, crazy bullshit on the planet. And it does it all with a pretty straight face most yeah. of the time. Like the time when you fight a giant Roomba. <laughs> How did we say <laughs> that's true, by the way? That's a it is. Quest. Like, I want to make it clear. All the shit we just said is real. This is not us. We have not told one falsity. And it all so happens. I, I think the real magic of the games is that all of this stuff happens, but it... The gameplay kind of lays it out in such a plausible way where you're just kind of going like, uh-huh, yep, yep. This is what we're doing. Yeah, this is <laughs> what's just, happening right now. <laughs> you 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 don't really stop to go, oh, this is crazy. You just kind of accept it. And I think that's the real magic. Mm-hmm. 
like the- and it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that the uh serious scenes are also um pretty goofy too <laughs> it, the, the series runs off of its own weird I guess the word I'm looking for is flavor. Yes. It's it's very much its own thing. It, it's a um, series that just knows what it is and does what it do. You will learn that orphans do not get to dream. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll also cry a surprising amount. Um I <laughs> there's been a few times where I've sat there and I'm just like, I hate this stupid ass game so much because I'll be sobbing. <laughs> Over something when, like, five minutes ago, we were bowling for chickens. <laughs> yeah. So, what do, you, what do you think of the newest game that's come out so far? You've, you've played a little bit of Ishin, right? Yeah, I've, I'm sadly, Ishin has kind of fallen by the wayside as Octopath Traveler 2 and Wo Long both came out, to, like, week after it was accessible to me. So, I was like... Uh, I'm trying to juggle all these games, but I can't. I like it. It's. Yeah. It, I definitely can say that it, it's it, it's the Yakuza game, but you're playing at, with samurai swords instead of punchies. Nice. Which is a good thing, by the way. <laughs> we want to make that abundantly clear. That's a good thing. Yeah. But it definitely it has the one fault of every Yakuza game, which is you get bogged down in the side content really easily. And I know I haven't gotten all the side content, which is the scary part. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh no. And and I mean, it's, it's a feature of, I think, all the games in the series that it's so easy to get lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. The, The sauce being the side quests. And there's a lot of them. This isn't one of those games where it's like, oh, there's a few side quests. No, there's like a, the sub stories of, y- of the Yakuza games are usually like in the tens to usually around 60 plus, I would say. Yeah. I'm just now they're not all very long, but they're like little side stories that will last either a long time or not too long. And some of them can really derail things if you're trying to get things done quickly. <laughs> yep. Uh, a great example of this, it's like, you have... Well, okay, so every Yogsa game usually comes with one or two, like, this is your big side B plot. In, for example, mm-hmm. in Zero, you have uh, either Kiryu does real estate, or... <laughs> which is boring. Which, which it's so boring. It's boring. The stuff around it is a lot more interesting, but... The actual activity is not that fun. Yeah. But, and then there's the much better and much more well-received Cabaret Club management game. Yes. Where, uh... So good. It, it is great. It is wonderful. And you help Majima, or in the in Kiwami 2, Kiryu run a Cabaret Club. In fact, what's so funny is that you... <laughs> they actually reference the fact that Zero had it. <laughs> In, t- in Kiwami yes, 2. Yes, they do. And it's great. Yeah. Cabaret Club is like, I think, if if you polled the majority of fans, they would probably say that Cabaret Club was their all-time favorite minigame. I think so. Like, out of all the ones that I've played, 
Some are definitely better than others. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where what we're discussing is that, like, what's fun about this series is just how goofy it is, but also it it, it gives you a lot to do, but not too much. Yeah. Usually. Sometimes it does. There's... There is a pleasant amount of activities. For example, you can manage a local baseball team. <laughs> In six, that's actually pretty fun because it's like, all right, I'm going to pick up this guy who is named Gory. Short for gorilla because he's a large man. Mm-hmm. And you can also pick up this one guy and then you try to save the team. <laughs> And Strauss, as a baseball fan, uh, how how do you think they do with that one? Honestly, it's it's one of my favorite mini games. What I like about it is that the whole point is it's just you let your guys grow, and they're all like dudes who do normal work for a living, <laughs> which is the they... best part. And Kiryu never wears a batting helmet, despite the fact that someone can throw that baseball at his head well over a hundred miles per hour. Because Kiryu doesn't care. He's he's seen worse. <laughs> he's been shot. He's punched a tiger. He's fought a bear, probably. I I think that was Saijima that fought a bear. But, I mean, Saijima is a bear. Yeah, no, he, he counts as a bear. And uh, for, for those of you who don't know, um, I'd say play Yakuza 4, ignore some things that happened in Yakuza 4, because, oh boy, some of that writing. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely also a series where the writing is either really good, really bad, or all over the place. Saijima is Majima's boyfriend. Um, That's that's just for anybody who didn't know. <laughs> but he's he's a big, beautiful, sweet man. He looks a bit like Dave Bautista. Good, good like man. A, good does man. Does look a look like Batista, but he's not Filipino or as large, which is more of a statement about how big Batista is. Oh, but Batista's like how tall is he again? I forget. Uh, I think he's like six foot six. Let me, let me look mm. it up. Uh, Dave, not ban. Oh, oh, I know what happened. I didn't. Hmm. Maybe I should erase the thing I was looking up prior. Dave Batista, his height is six foot four. He feels oh. he feels taller. He it's and and here's my thing, you know. He's also older than you think he is, so he might have shrunk a couple of inches. And you can you can be fairly average height wise, but you can you can have little guy energy, and the the reverse is true too. You can come off taller than than you actually are, just because of the energy you give off. That's, and I think that's the case. That's with how him. I get by. Because <laughs> I'm not a very you, tall man. <laughs> you you do have taller person energy, I will say. I have big man energy, despite the fact that my my size is very much not. And it's it's all it's all about the vibe. It's all about how you carry yourself. And that's what Yakuza is about: vibes, many vibes. It, Actually, this leads to a good question: What is the best written Yakuza game? Um, dang, dang, dang. Um, I'm I'm gonna be a little basic again in my answer here. Uh, probably zero, but also seven. 
It's a tie between zero and seven. I would because... say seven personally, because I, I think zero is pretty well written, but it also kind of has to work off the fact that there is aspects of the plot that are just kind of wild. Yes. Mostly and that, I think mostly that no one could find out who owned this one plot of land, even back in the eighties with enough resources feels kind of silly. Yeah, Seven, you, you care a little more about the plot, and, and also just Kasuga Ichiban is the man of all time. Everyone, I love him so much. Everyone was rightfully concerned when they were switch, finally switching protagonists after well over a decade that could Ichiban fill the shoes, and the answer is very yes. Y- yes, he could. He... I think he's even a little better than Kiryu in some ways. And I love Kiryu, but but I think he he he's able to take the story in some directions that it might not have been able to go with Kiryu. Well, I think part of the problem is that after a certain point, Kiryu becomes legend status. Yeah. And this is not the fault of of the writing. It's the writing at least acknowledges that, yeah, actually Kiryu should be considered a certified badass wherever he goes. Like it would have been more annoying if they're like, Oh, you're still just a normal guy. It's like, no, he's not. He punched it. You had him punch a tiger at one point. You, you, you lose, you lose your normal guy status when you do that. They're, they're aware of, of the reputation Kiryu has built for himself. <laughs> and they and they play it accordingly. It's like, no, no, every time he needs to retrain himself up for each game, it's because he's out of shape. <laughs> he's like, I've been away for a couple of years, like, taking care of the orphans. He's being... been raising nine orphans all by himself. Yeah, and he's a good dad. He is. It's a very dad-centric cast, even when they're not actually fathers. It, it, the Yakuza games, like, it's, if you like dads, you'll probably like this game. If you like older Japanese men, men in the, if you think men in their 40s can be extremely hot, this is the game for you. And yeah, if, if old men are your thing, like, it do- doesn't matter, like, what, like, what vibe you're going for. They have a, a, a selection of of distinguished gentlemen. Yeah, and they, they have different types. You have Kiryu, who's, like, hunky. You have Large with Seijima. You got more on the, like, svelte side with Majima. With Majima. If if you like the Junker, you probably like Majima. Mm-hmm. You like the Junkler. This he's man the Junkler. He's the Junkler. <laughs> but, but that's kind of the point. This is a series that is goofy and and it's willing to put its characters through comedy bits yes like no matter how serious and straight-faced kiryu is and he is like his default expression is a scowl that goes something like hmm that noise a man who goes hmm that that's that's what he looks like that that is what he looks like and even then He'll go through some dumb, stupid shit every single time. Like, yeah, he's dressing thing as a mascot. <laughs> we'll do that. Now, listen, Ono Michio is king. Ono Michio is the king of mascots. How no one, no one's allowed. Sorry, Japan. Your best mascot was from Yakuza. 
you have peaked as a society. But I, I think Seven, um, Seven really set a new bar for me because you know that there's there's some good story beats in some of the other games too, but. Within the first 15 minutes of, of playing uh, Yakuza 7, and I might have also been a little intoxicated, so that might be part of it, but I cried. I cried because I was so upset for Ichiban. Well, what I like about it is, like, when you finally get to the end, you're just like, this is earned. It's, it, it is so earned, and it is, it's such a beautiful friendship story. And every and all your party members, when you take a selfie, join in on the selfie, and you're like, "Fuck it's, yeah!" It's, it's seven is like a friendship simulator, and also they incorporate the RPG elements very well. Like I know some people were worried about that. It turned out great. Yeah, it, it also scratched an itch of a game I've been wanting for a long time, which is an RPG, but it's just actually normal shit. Yes. <laughs> Where you're like, yeah, I like all this fantasy and sci-fi stuff, but I want this one time where if I go up, where I can get into an RPG fight and just hit someone with, like, a baseball bat. And and not have it be, like, Earthbound, where, like, Earthbound still... Well, yeah, because, like, stuff like Earthbound, which I, I want to make this one clear, this is not me saying Earthbound is bad. I like Earthbound, but Earthbound is still kind of, like, fantastical. Yeah. Earth Earthbound is in the same group as the Persona games of, you know, the mundanity of real life is broken up by some really weird bullshit. Yeah. Which is part of their appeal. I like that appeal too, by the way. It's just... Mm-hmm. Before people say, but like, what about this? I'm like, no, this is one where you go... Every time you have a random count and you're fighting someone and you're doing it either with your bare hands or like a stick. And it's just I, a stick. Um... I also think, because uh, cause you can you can do some different attacks, and I think Nanba can actually summon pigeons. Yes. Yes, he can. Love him. I, I have no patience for Nanba haters. The whole point is, the whole game is great. Because it's, it's the only RPG that I've played where everything is stuff that could happen in the real world, just filtered through the eyes of an idiot. It's like, I see everything like Dragon Quest. Yeah. Okay. And Ichiban is is the world's oldest uh, Chunibyo. He, he, he definitely sees everything kind of filtered through a different perspective, and it's beautiful. And I love him. <laughs> I do too. He's great. And a, and a good, different protagonist for the series. Because he's very emotive, and he's, he's very, like, he, he has very big feelings. Like, the way I put it is, Kiryu was stoic dad, but very loving. Very good dad energy, I think is the best way to put it. Yes. Whereas Ichiban is your fun uncle who's like, hey, what's up? I brought you a new video game. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, they're, 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 and they're a good duo, too, bouncing off of each other, because it's like the senior Kiryu and... Ichiban, that's what I'm excited about for Yakuza 8, because they're now, like, the the two headliners with Kiryu's terrible wig. 
God, that wig is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, but it works because only no. Kiryu could like think that worked. <laughs> and uh, to, to be fair, I actually did see somebody cosplay um, eight Kiryu uh, day or two ago on Twitter, and they did a phenomenal job. And they even managed to make the wig look good. So um, I I forget who that was, but but big ups to that particular Kiryu cosplayer. I'm not saying because, it can't man, work. It's just funny because I just like to imagine that he sat down. It's like, I need people can't know it's me. I'm just going to put on this terrible gray wig. N nothing else. Just, just the just, wig. Just the wig. Dress, basically dresses the same way. Wig. And Kiryu has a very distinctive face. Yes. So he didn't even grow a beard. No one will ever know. No one will ever know it's me. That's... That's why I'm not mad at it, because it's the most curious thing that could happen. Oh, he would. He would. He, he would absolutely... And the thing is, everyone would be like, you know what, Kiryu, you're right, that does work. If you ever... <laughs> Though the funniest part is uh, people say it's like, remember the Persona 4 protagonist? Feel old now? Because <laughs> it is the same haircut. <laughs> it, it's the exact same. It's the exact same haircut. And it's like... Damn, you Narukami aged well. Wow, I guess the Chad jeans were real after all. Uh, but yeah, Yakuza. High, highly recommend. I usually say start with zero because that's like a good place to start. Yes. Um. Then you should. Then you can play Kiwami one, two. You can. They can play three, four, and five if you want. Six doesn't really work unless you played enough of the previous ones. Is because it, that's Kiryu's sort of send-off game of sorts. It's weird. It has some fun stuff it, about it, and I like it quite oh a bit. Oh, yeah. But it's also weird. It's it's a very odd-feeling game. Um, Play 7. Please play 7, for yeah. the love of all that is good. 7 is, like, all brand new stuff. Some stuff from older games that you won't get um, you, unless you played more of the recent ones, but you don't need to. Good to know some of the background because you can summon some of the characters like as, you know, buddies in battle and everything. It's called Pound Mates, which I think is great. It's the best part. And they even use the old uh, Baxter Holmes to come back just to be like... Yes! Gary Buster Holmes, we love him. Buster Holmes. <laughs> but like the whole point is, is that Yakuza 7 might be one of the greatest RPGs of all time, and there's it, it compares to nothing other than mechanically to Dragon Quest. That's it. It's it's Everything unreal. Also about it, wild. Um, the English dub is very good. Actually, it also I has an English dub, which we should yeah, mention. It, this one of the few that does. We should um, to mention to explain. <laughs> Uh, the Yakuza series has been undubbed for most of its existence for two reasons. The first one was they stopped dubbing him after one. The second reason is, oh lord, the, the dub for the first one is an experience. No, Joy made you a f***ing see. <laughs> no, the best part Come is, is uh, you want to say it again even louder this time? Nine years in the joint made you a fucking pussy. <laughs> no. A real line. A real this, line from the dub. No, the best part about the dub is that Mark Hamill's in it and he has no memory of this. <laughs> he, and, you know, listening to his 
his dub of Majima. Yeah, I wouldn't want to remember that either. No, sorry, Mark. I, I like Mark Hamill very much. He seems I, like a very nice man. The, the problem is, is that I think Mark Hamill could have been a great Majima if they explained it to him better. If he knew what the hell he was supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. they, I, I think the problem is with the original game's dub is that they didn't, they, I think they sold it as a serious crime drama, <laughs> which it is. But they don't sell the but, fact that it's also, like, as we said, tonally speaking, Yakuza works as both very serious and very stupid. And you have to, you have to be aware of that tone going into it. Yeah, because to me, it, like, I bet if I went back in time with all the knowledge that I have, and said to, uh, like, to, to direct the cast. Because they, mm-hmm. the guy who played Kiryu in English the first time around came back to play Kiryu again. Mm-hmm. And he sounds way better the second time. Yeah. Because I think now we have a better idea of what the game's tone was supposed to be. Because, like, the first one, that's, like, the first time we did it. And they tried to... Sega tried to make it, like, a big deal franchise, so they hired a bunch of, like, Hollywood actors, and a lot of budget went to make it into doing that. Because there's a and lot Mark of... Mark Hamill. And, like... Mark sounds... He sounds like the fucking jonkler. <laughs> if they told Mark, like, hey, Majima's a serious character, but he's also I- intentionally being weird... <laughs> Like, he's intentionally acting like a fucking weirdo the entire time, like, being way too familiar with people. I think he could have right. done a better job. He he could have done it. Like, yeah, it just, you're you're absolutely right that it's just a thing of, it wasn't, it wasn't very well understood, wasn't very well explained. It was their first go around with this, and, and this they didn't the, really. And it's the first game, so a lot of the stuff that, like, would help inform all, all the direction didn't exist yet. Also, dubbing is hard. Mm-hmm. Translating stuff to other languages can be very hard. <laughs> Indeed. So they hadn't really dubbed one until seven. So like two, three, four, five, and six were all completely undubbed. Just subtitled all the time. So good news for anybody who would prefer not to uh, play with subtitles. Uh, yeah, English dub for seven. Fantastic job. I think it's Kaiji Tang that um, voices Ichiban. He does phenomenally. Um, yeah, good stuff. Whole, the whole game is fun. And yeah. also karaoke. That's the thing you can do. And it's great. I love karaoke. <laughs> to finish this segment, what is your favorite karaoke song in the entire series? Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, it's a toss-up between 24-Hour Cinderella and Judgment. <laughs> Ooh, because I was going to go with uh, Ichibans. What's it called? Uh... Oh, uh, Machine Machine Gun Kiss? No. No. It's, no. Uh, it's uh... the more poppy one. Oh, what's it called? Uh, along with the acoustic guitar you know which one i'm talking about which is the worst yes i do just the names escaping me yeah i'm gonna look it up real quick because really the point is it is japanese grand theft auto but it's so much more than that 
it's you know if if you're somebody who's like you know not not a big fan of grand theft auto well don't worry because it's not like that Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it fun. Let's take a look, see what it's called. Oh yeah, future I dream the future I dreamed of. That's the one. Okay, okay, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever want to uh play a sort of not grand not Grand Theft Auto. But something kind of similar, mostly because you just don't really hang around. You don't drive very many places because yeah. surprise, surprise, Japan's a much more walkable city. <laughs> we love walkable cities. Walkable cities are great. We believe in good walkable cities, excellent public transit, and a, just a nice time. Which is what and the streets young... with lots and lots of goons for you to beat up with your bare hands and occasionally a motorcycle. <laughs> And I, I always loved the explanation as to why everyone challenges Kiryu, that it became a gang initiation. It's like, you want to be part of this gang? You need to find the one guy in a white suit who's going to kick your ass. Kick everyone's ass here. It's going to kick yours, too. Oh, do, we, do we have to beat him? No, he's going to beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. It's like, oh, are we going to beat him? It's like, no, he's going to horribly maim you. But luckily, we have free health care in this country, so it's okay. <laughs> he's going to break my challenge. But I think it's gonna... uh... Oh, go on. And he's going to play the Big Butt song while he beats you up, too. <laughs> or is that another guy? Yeah, that's a different guy. That That's a Majima thing. Majima absolutely... He would. If he knew that what Kung Pao was, he would absolutely steal that bit. He would. Uh... Nishida, get out the boombox! Why? Play the song! <laughs> Fine! Why? I, I don't get it. I saw it in a movie. It was really funny. No one else is going to get it, man, but okay. But yeah, also and sometimes yeah. wrestlers are there. Like yes, actual there, wrestlers. There are... Several times. There there are real wrestlers. <laughs> uh, the now recently retired Keiji Muto was there at one point. Yes. Pro um, also, yeah. like, a lot of, like, just general kind of celebrity actor cameos um chiaki kuriyama was in one of the games uh if you're wondering do they actually use noted yakuza filmmaker and filmmaker of the yakuza movie <laughs> as in for this one beat takeshi's there yes of course he is of course it's just beat takeshi and shows up and you're like yeah it's eventually he was just gonna show up impossible for him not to the Yakuza movie is something we need to discuss another time because... That's a whole nother can of worms. Lordy. It's not good, but it is amazing. It's it's not it's not good, but it is terrific. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I uh, we're going to close this out by a, a little bit of an update. Uh, usually mm -hmm. this segment would be The Hell You Watching, but we ran into a problem. Sora yes. and I don't watch a lot of things. <laughs> We don't. We really don't. We're, we're, we are people who stay in our lane and don't do much. So we're going to have a bit of an update. So I decided that uh, I'm going to force Sardo here to watch uh, Hey Kay Story with me. I mean, you're not forcing me. I wanted to do this. So uh, True. You wanted to do this with me, but I am also technically forcing you you to do it. I'm just I'm just also making sure it happens. Right. 
This is something we both want to do. I just happen to be the one who wants to do it more. <laughs> Fair enough. So from here on out, uh, you're probably going to get uh, maybe, uh, depending on how things work out, uh, long rambling moments of us talking about it on the podcast. And you said it was going to make me really sad, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, you're going to love it. You're so going to love it. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Uh, this will be starting for uh, not, I, I guess, uh, the next episode's recording, which I think we're doing also next Monday. Yes. Yeah. So I guess after, literally after we've watched two, ep two uh, three, maybe four episodes. Yeah. Yeah, right afterwards. So that's... Uh, you're going to literally get the, I guess, live, the post-watching reactions. Ooh, that sounds like fun. I, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Me too. Anyway, folks, thank you all for listening to our podcast. Good night, everybody. Is, thank uh, you for listening. This is uh, Strauss here saying you can follow me on Twitter at AlmightyStrauss on Twitter.com. Or uh, you can follow me on Twitch where I stream um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, most of the time, on at around uh, 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Still doing Soccer Wars. It's very yeah. good. You should check it out. Yeah, well, um, not for very long because we're like halfway through the game and they go by yeah. fast. And, so uh, hop on it quick. Yeah, hop on it quick or watch the VODs. I don't care if you watch the VODs. I don't think I get any money for it, but I don't try to make money. Also here, you can follow Sarder at Autopsy Garlands on Twitter. Yes. For... And also on Twitch at Uncle Death with a K instead of a C. Uh, hopefully going to start up again soon. Uh, life has just been a lot, but I would like to resume streaming uh, in the near future. So, yes, yeah. me too. And uh, I'm going to be one day I'm going to force you to play 13 Sentinels as I sit there cackling as you go. Why are you making me do this? What is wrong with you? And I go, because what friends are for absolutely all right folks thank you all for coming this has been another episode of the skeleton crew podcast we have no merch we have nothing to sell and we are not sponsored we do this because we want to yes good night everybody goodbye <laughs>